you are now tuned in to Cup of Grind with Jada D. This is your daily dose of what's real in entrepreneurship. This podcast is intended for the new business owner, the person with a really good idea but not sure where to begin, and that person working at a job dreaming of the day that they can work for themselves. It's grind time. What's up? What's up? What's up? Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> I was just trying to see if y'all were awake. It's your girl Jada D with another Cup of Grind podcast. My guest today is someone you should make sure you have in your village. Make sure you have an attorney, a lawyer, someone that can handle some business. I'm speaking of none other than Jessica Orangeby Esquire. Jessica is a Washington, D.C. native committed to serving her community through her legal practice and philanthropy. At AO Law Group, Jessica advises clients in a variety of matters and strives to accomplish her clients' goals through proactive and creative problem solving. Jessica prides herself on being a responsive and effective advocate for each of her clients. In addition to her legal practice, Jessica serves as a tenant advocate for Rockville City Council Landlord Tenant Commission. Jessica also participates in the various pro bono clinics and is an active member at her church in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Anyone in the DMV area, make sure you look her up. She's licensed to practice in Maryland and the District of Columbia. When she's not interfacing with clients and volunteering, Jessica spends as much time as she can exploring and traveling. I'll let her tell her story on how she had to make a decision to live a more fulfilled life and make decisions on her career regardless of the dollars and cents. Check it out. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I can't complain. That's awesome. That's the best way to be. I um, like to say all the time, one thing that my aunt says is I'm just thankful to be on this side of the dirt. Um, And that is, yeah, that is for sure. So I'm really excited to have you and your level of expertise. Um, and just, you know, being an industry leader and in law, I'm really excited to have you on today. So definitely glad to kind of um, that you accepted my invite and were able to come on. So let's get to it. You know, one thing people should know is that first off, you're beautiful. And um, and I'm, I'm sometimes I'm like, wait, is she an attorney? She or is she a model? I mean, look, you can have it all. A mom. Hello. I'm blessed to be around a lot of creatives, and so I get to get in front of the camera every once in a while. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're an attorney. What type of law do you practice, and um, how long have you had your own practice, actually? So I started off as a tax attorney. I did a federal corporate tax, and I didn't like it. I started mm. doing some pro bono work at that firm. And it was mostly family law and landlord tenant. And I loved it. So my practice that I started almost two years ago now um, focuses primarily on family law, landlord tenant. We also do business um, related matters like drafting contracts, partnership agreements, um, operating agreements, business formation. um, And we also do some civil rights work. Okay. That's what's up. So... At what point did you say, you know what, I need to have my own practice? So I was not happy there. And I'll start by saying that 
the job that I had was the kind of job that most law students want. It was at mm-hmm. a big firm making a lot of money, but I was miserable and I couldn't figure out why. Like <laughs> I've been broke my whole life. Now I have money. Why am I upset? And I, I couldn't figure it out. And <laughs> that was when I realized, okay, this place isn't for me. So I started job hunting. I was applying for jobs elsewhere, other firms, government. And I realized that I was having to choose between making the kind of money that I wanted and doing the type of work that I wanted. Mm. And I wasn't willing to compromise. I said, I went to school too long to have someone else dictating my life. So I just stepped out on faith and started my own practice. Do you think that, you know, working for um, other firms, you know, regardless of how long you were there, that that was kind of an important step to starting your own firm? Do you think you could have just got out of law school and immediately started your own firm? I think I could have, but it would have been a really bad idea. Um, When you work for someone, you have the opportunity to be insulated. So you, you see how the business runs when it's optimal. Right. Without having to do all of the back of the house things. And I think it was important for me to see what it's like to practice law with a structure that's there and is solid. Um, And then sort of copying what I liked there and doing it outside. And also I had mentors there who helped me become a good attorney and develop the habits I have now that I think helped me be a really good advocate. Absolutely. So, um, is there ever a time where, you know, I know that as an attorney, you um, have the opportunity to get different types of clients and um, take on different types of cases. But how do you determine or say, you know what, this is not for me. This is not a case I want to take on. Well, from the, when I first started, if you would pay me, I would take your case. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care what it was. Um, but then I was in the same issue I had before where I was doing work that I didn't really like that much or wasn't comfortable with. And I have an ethical responsibility to all my clients. I have to be competent and you can't do everything well. So I just had to have a heart to heart with myself and say, you know, what areas of the law are you most passionate about? And are you willing to stay up till two, three, four in the morning researching about and so I just, I just started turning away those clients um, that weren't in that box. Mm-hmm. But that gives me the opportunity to network with other attorneys and build referral relationships. Yeah, that's definitely, I think that's important for regardless of the industry that you're in, being able to determine, you know what, you're, this is not um, the best fit for me um, for um, a client relationship but I can at least refer you to someone that I think would work for you. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's super important for all business owners to know. So as you mentioned earlier, um, being around a lot of different creatives, what can you say that you've learned from your creative uh, village, your friends that are creatives that you are able to apply in your current business? I, I've realized that the way you package things can be helpful. Like some people care about mm-hmm. that. Um, 
And having a practice that is polished, I think, is something that my clients value. Like when I come to court, I'm neat, I'm together, their file is neat and put together. You know, there isn't a jumbled mess. Right. Um, and I think sometimes intellectual um, practices or or fields like doctors, lawyers, whatever, you could forget that how you present something is important mm. too. So if your lawyer comes to court looking a mess and the file is a mess, they're going to be a little concerned. But my creatives, they care a lot about how things are presented. If it's not perfect, if it doesn't look good, they're not going to put it out there. And so I I do care a lot about, I mean, I had my assistant today reorganize an entire file she had just organized last week because I didn't like how it looked. <laughs> because we have a hearing tomorrow. I'm like, no, I don't like this. You know, so it might be some of my OCD also. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> but also having a, like a good website, I think is important too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely have pulled from my creatives for that um, because clients want to have a landing page and information on there that is pertinent to yeah. them. Um, and I often do have people say, oh, I saw your website and you know decided to call. Yeah. Okay. So um, taking it back a few, a few years, when did you know that you wanted to even pursue law? I didn't know I wanted to pursue law. It was kind of an accident. Uh, I studied music in undergrad, and my undergrad is um, music education and piano performance. Um, but I remember my sophomore year, I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to <laughs> actually study music for the next seven years. So I just started exploring other fields and People mm-hmm. kept coming to me, asking me questions about things that I didn't know the answer to, but I didn't want to say I didn't know. So I would just start researching things and it would be related to business, formation, taxes, divorces. And I said, I think this is what a lawyer does. <laughs> <laughs> and after I, I talked to a couple of lawyers, I realized, okay, I think what I'm doing is helping me prepare for a career in law. And I told God, I said, if I get into the school I want to get into, I will go to law school. If I don't, I'm not going. And I was that frank. (laughs) Um, And thankfully I got into the school I wanted and the rest is history. Okay. So that's, Hey, that's pretty cool story. Um, I definitely would not have guessed that you went to school for music initially. So that's pretty (laughs) cool. So, so as you, you know, kind of navigated through um, school and then, you know, officially passed the bar and are an attorney in, in starting your career, what are your thoughts on your friends and family wanting to pick your brain? <laughs> so the good <laughs> thing about picking your specialization or what you do as an entrepreneur is you can say what you don't do. So. If one of my uncles, cousins, whoever says, hey, you know, the police, nope, I can't help you. I don't do criminal law. Here is a colleague who can do that for you. Um, But if it's something that I do specialize in, um, 
I still try to refer them to someone who is really good that can step in my shoes. Otherwise, it just becomes kind of all consuming because I'm their niece who's also their lawyer. So there are no boundaries. And your family probably isn't going to pay you what your clients would pay you. Um, Mm -hmm. So if it's like a quick answer, I deal with it the way I would someone who's like cold calling me and saying, I have a question, I would deal with it the same way. Um, But if it gets deeper where they're looking for representation, I try to get somebody else to take over. Right. I understand that. So you mentioned boundaries. Mm -hmm. What are some of the healthy boundaries that you um, think are important or that you actually implement between like you and your clients in that relationship? Well, first, you know, boundaries are so, so, so important because as an entrepreneur, your mind's always going to be going. You're going to be thinking about what you can do next, what, you know, your new business venture is going to be, but you have to be able to have me time and decompress. Um, With direct client work, it's even more difficult to turn off because they feel like they always have access. Um, So what I do is I turn my work phone off. It goes on do not disturb at a certain time. And if if it's after the time where it goes on do not disturb, if it's an emergency, call 911. <laughs> I'm not the police. Clients will call for the weirdest thing. I just got into an accident. Okay, call the police. What am I supposed to do? I can't help you. Or, you know, so-and-so showed up. That's just a pet peeve of mine. So, um, but explaining okay. those things from the beginning, you know, um, don't text me. I'm a professional. You need to email me because sometimes with text messaging, it can be really convenient, but that means they could be on their couch and just thinking and they decide, oh, I'm going to text my lawyer. Don't text me. Send me an email because text, you think that right. you get an instant response. And then being strict about holidays and weekends. Um, This was actually the first holiday. Thanksgiving was the first holiday where I actually took a holiday. Um, Normally, I would still be responding to emails and stuff, but I put my do do not disturb and out of office message on and just told them, you guys will figure it out. I'll see you next week. Mm. Wow. (laughs) For you. (laughs) I bet it was. I think that um, most entrepreneurs, especially those in service-based businesses, really have a hard time Mm -hmm. disconnecting, especially someone in a field such as yours where it's an ongoing type of situation, ongoing conversation, and where people are kind of accustomed to having full access to you. So um, how do you unplug and how do you make sure that you take care of you? So doing those things I just described is really key. But I want to back up for a second because sometimes I think when you're first starting out, you think you have to do certain things that bigger brands don't do. Um, For example, if you are selling clothes, you can't call Zara 24-7 about your order. They have hours. So it's okay as a smaller entrepreneur, a smaller business to set restrictions and boundaries. And that's something that I didn't realize at first. 
because my old firm, their hours were mm. nine to five. You didn't catch them during those times too bad. And their clients were paying way more money than my clients pay me. Um, so I think setting boundaries in the beginning will help with self-care. Um, I also mm-hmm. try to plan trips, plan mental health days. Um, and I try to be really in the moment with friends and family. So if a friend's going to come hang out, I'm not emailing while they're there. I'm going to really be engaged and, you know, at dinner, my phone is away and that just helps me so much. That's good. And I know that you are a mom. So have you, how have you really juggled, you know, being a mom, running a business, being an attorney, how have you really kind of juggled and managed that? It's not been easy, but it has been so, so, so worth it. Uh, At my old firm, I hardly saw my son. You know, I would pick him up from school and then it was bedtime and then I was right back on my computer working. And it was mm-hmm. similar to how it was when my when I was growing up. Like my mom, she would come home after work and I'd see her for maybe an hour or so. But I didn't like that. Um, now with my practice, I work way more, <laughs> but it's more flexible. So I try to end my day two or three times a week at around 3.30 so I can be there to pick up Isaac from school um, and then spend that time with him. And he'll ask me, he'll say, you know, did you get sleep last night? What time did you go to bed? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Mommy, I saw you fall asleep on the couch again. You have to go to bed. (laughs) Because I will stay up and I will just keep working. But he keeps me in check. Um, Yesterday... We actually made um, or finalized a list of things we want to do over the next month and just activities in the city. He's like, okay, we're going to do this on this day. We're going to do that on that day. And honestly, it makes, I mean, he's just so awesome. I love spending time with him. I'm willing to sacrifice all my sleep to work and spend time with him. Um, But that does mean that there are days where I don't really sleep or or I'm a little bit tired, but it's worth it. Wow. First off, how old is this little man? Because he's speaking better than some <laughs> adults. <laughs> right. <laughs> he is nine, but he was one and a half or so when I graduated undergrad. Or he was one, I think. He walked across the stage when I graduated law school. He's, sort of, he's just been there the whole time mm-hmm. and has watch me grind he asked me the other day if I could be a stay-at-home work mom (laughs) because he knows I still have to work (laughs) Uh, he's like can you just work from home a couple of days a week wow (laughs) so he helps me with my work-life balance wow that's that's cute but it's like wow like that it's a whole nother perspective and I love that he's very vocal and I like you said he definitely probably keeps you in line and keeps you focused on what's really, really important. So, you know, I know that a lot of my listeners are um, mompreneurs, you know, um, they are working moms and they are thinking about, you know, I know I need to do something else or I may just want to do a leap of faith and kind of do my own thing for that flexibility. What are some of like the, you know, what are some tidbits some nuggets that you would share with like a new business owner that is a mom? I would say to really tap into your network. Um, 
that helps bring the load off of you a little bit. Um, There's so many things you have to do when you're starting a business just to get it up and running. So don't try to build the website yourself and develop the clientele. And if there's any way that you can defer things to other people, I would definitely do that. Um, If you can incorporate spending time with your children, with what you're doing in any way, anytime I would do that. Um, Recognizing that it's not easy. It's not easy to be an entrepreneur. It's not easy to be a mom. And so it's going to be hard. Um, Sometimes I hear people say they want to start a business because they don't like their current job or, you know, they think it'll be easier somehow. It's not. You just have to be prepared. It's going to be hard, but that it's worth it. And not like, don't beat yourself up. You're, you're not going to wake up and be like Superset, who made all this <laughs> right. money. <laughs> like, it's going to take time. And you're, you're going to have, you're going to have weeks where you aren't as productive and that's mm-hmm. okay. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's good though. Those are definitely some good nuggets for sure. Yeah, lean on your and then lean on your um your tribe, like grandparents, aunts, cousins. Sometimes I will have people come over. They don't realize they're babysitting. So I don't leave my baby mm-hmm. with people, but I'm like, hey, don't you just want to come hang out? And I'm like working, <laughs> <laughs> so I can play with Isaac while I'm doing what I have to do. You know, you can figure it out. You can work it out. Definitely. So, like, as you were building your business um, and as you were just kind of growing in your career, thinking back now, like, what are some of the things, like, you wish you knew starting out? Oh, man. If I could go back, I would tell myself not to be desperate for clients, Mm. to develop my craft and not trying to just build my bank account. I was willing to take any case, any client, and that wore on my psyche in a way that I can't even describe. I had some pretty bad experiences simply because I ignored red flags about clients or Mm -hmm. cases just because I was looking at the check they were about to write. And it's not worth it. Um, I had a client who used to cuss me out every other day. And I kept that client just because they were paying. It's not worth it. Um, to know your worth also, I would. I wish that I had really thought about how I wanted to place myself in mm-hmm. the market. I knew I wanted to be affordable, but I was afraid of pricing myself out or people saying I was too expensive. So I was undervaluing myself significantly. And again, I was having to work so hard and I wasn't making that much money. And my, it was actually my best friend. She said, how much do you think is too much to charge? And I told her, she said, okay, add a hundred to that. That's how much you charge an hour. I was like, what? (laughs) But I gave it a test run. Client didn't even blink their eye. People, if you are showing people the value that you can add to their life, they will pay mm-hmm. for value. Absolutely. There will always, 
I mean, there will always be people who are like, oh, you're too expensive. And that's okay. You know, everybody doesn't shop at Saks, but Saks is mm-hmm. still there. And they're there for a certain type of client. Um, and I think of it as like extreme couponing. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> some some people just go through, they're like, what can I get mm-hmm. for cheap? Do you want that kind of a client or do you want someone who's kind of like carefully assessing their op- their options and picking and choosing? Um, you know, I think I want the latter because <laughs> then you don't have to work right. as hard. And then like establishing policies for your business and standing by them. Mm, that's good. So like I mentioned about telling clients not to text me. I would always have, you know, a client or two who I'd get into the habit of texting. And then they're like, well, I text you such and such. But it's not my policy to look at my text messages for client data. But because I was allowing this person to text me, I'm making my job harder. Just stand by your policies because you put them in place for me. Absolutely. Yeah, those are some nuggets. I definitely hope you all are taking notes. What are, I'm sure there's plenty, but what are some like misconceptions or myths that you want to clear up about lawyers? <laughs> um, there's this common idea that lawyers are like these criminals in suits. <laughs> and I don't understand. Maybe it's got to call Saul. I don't know. We have so many strict ethical rules we have to follow. We can't do anything and not get caught and get fired and removed from the bar. So I would say that for the most part, you can trust your lawyer. Um, All of us are not filthy rich. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You don't graduate law school and get a million dollars. That's just not how it works. Um, we do have lives outside of your case. You know, I have a family. Yes. <laughs> I want to sleep sometimes. <laughs> um, and that we don't know everything. The law is not black and white at all. That's why you litigate because there are always different interpretations of facts. And we don't know what the judge is going to rule on or how the judge is going to rule. And every once in a while, I've had a client say, well, you didn't tell me the judge was going to do such and such. I did. How could I know what somebody else is going to do? <laughs> um, but understanding that there are always risks when you litigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the nature of litigation. But you should make sure that your attorney appears to be very well prepared. And you can usually tell. Right. Um, I think that's that's most okay. Yeah, I think that we all have, you know, our um, misconceptions of what we assume about people and especially about um, different professions. So that's that's definitely really cool. So how do you feel about support? Um, you know, from friends, from family. I know you have a specialized field, so people would definitely need to use your services, but just say that someone needed a contract drafted or um, they needed someone in your area of expertise and this is a family member, but they go to another attorney. How do you feel about that? Are you okay with it? 
oh, I'm fine with that. You know, you, I don't have a monopoly over anything. And I think that people should work with whomever they feel most comfortable. I am always so thankful and I feel so blessed when clients are referred to me by people. Um, Mm -hmm. But if someone I know chooses to use another attorney for something, I wouldn't feel bad at all. Um, Every once in a while, people will have a lawyer and then want to come to me to like spot check for the other lawyer. I don't do that Mm -hmm. though. Like, nope, mm -mm, you didn't hire me for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but other than that, I, you know, I think it's fine. Okay, cool. That's what's up. So I know that for me, whether they know it or not, I have some people that are what I call my mentors in my head. I actually have real mentors, <laughs> but then there are other people that are like in specialized industries, whether it's like media or social media influencers or what have you that I I look up to or speakers that I look up to. And I don't necessarily know them personally, but, you know, the most I'll do is tag them in a post on social media. You know, most times they'll respond. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, my mentor in my head, you know. So for you, do you have any mentors or mentors in your head that you kind of look up to? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Along the way, my mentors have kind of changed. But right now, two people, I don't even think they know they're my mentor. Uh, One is my (laughs) financial planner. He is a young guy, went to Howard, started this really great financial planning business in DC. And I just admire his work ethic. And so whenever I get kind of stuck with business development, or I feel like my margins aren't where I want them to be, I always reach out to him. And it's like a 30 minute conversation is worth so much to me because um, he just has so much knowledge. Um, and I have another mentor who does marketing and mm-hmm. also is really good with business development. And I run all my crazy ideas by him. Um, like I'm working on an app right now. And the first person I called was him like, hey, is this a stupid idea? Because <laughs> 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 um, pretty much if he says it makes sense, then I feel mo- more comfortable moving forward. Um, and then my, I have a lot of colleagues who practice in other areas or have more experience than me. And I really enjoy talking to them and picking their brain. Um, And judges, judges are actually Mm. really personable off of the bench. Um, So there are a couple of judges that, that I really look up to either because of how they got to the bench or because of how they practice or rule from the bench now. Is that a goal for you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right. We need more. I'm here for it. I am here for it. Like, I love what happened in Texas. So I am, Mm -hmm. I am so here for it. So I'm definitely rooting for you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So just thinking about, you know, mentors and different levels of success. um, What does that look like for you? Like, what is that moment in which you're going to say, man, I made it? Like, damn, I'm like here. Like, this is where I wanted to get to. <laughs> um, first of all, if I get on the bench, I'll be like, okay, you did, you did something there, Jessica. <laughs> um, and I have some financial goals for my practice. I hit my goal for this year. Praise God. Yes. I'm so 
humbled. Um, actually, we just confirmed that today, and I, I feel blessed. Um, and so to continue to meet like the financial or monetary mar- markers. Um, and I don't. I kind of have a goal of being like a local expert in family law and landlord tenant. Okay. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how I'll know I've gotten there, but I kind of want to be like a Johnny Cochran of family law. Okay. <laughs> so, that's an excellent goal, though. So that's that's great. <laughs> I want I want my name to be like a household name for that purpose. Yeah, that's that that is excellent. And like in your area of expertise, you know, um, with tenant law and things like that. Not to pick your brain, but <laughs> like, what's like one of the things that you just wish people knew, like off top, that we that mo- the average person just doesn't even realize, um, in that area of law, in landlord tenant, mm-hmm. um, like the very the ba- most basic thing that most people just don't even realize they have the right to. Okay, so from the tenant's view, mm-hmm. I would say you need to know if you live in dc because dc's laws are so different from maryland and some other states if you live in dc you can only be evicted for very specific reasons they are listed in the code like your landlord's going to move into the home like very specific reasons and Mm -hmm. just being aware of what those reasons are um i think it's important because sometimes Sometimes tenants will get a notice to vacate and they just leave. Wow. Question it, ask, maybe look at it twice and say, well, I got to go. No, you don't. (laughs) Um, And then in Maryland, even though the laws aren't as helpful for tenants as they are in D.C., your landlord still has to repair your property and maintain it properly. So if you have any kind of rodents or insects, there's a leak, there's mold, your landlord has to fix that and they have to fix it timely. Um, And that there's rent escrow available if your home is not up to par. And that's the best way to get your landlord to fix things. It it hits them right in their pockets. And so I always try to encourage people to utilize rent escrow as much as they need to in order to get their home safe and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's and you know I think that, um, like you said, I know me personally, I would probably do a little bit more research than the average person, but I don't think that I would probably do as much as I should, especially if like I, I got a notice or or if it it may have been something where I deemed like I was liable or what have you without you know really looking deeper into it. So I think it's really important for people to know that there is someone out there in your area of expertise that they really should um, seek out instead of just saying, okay, let me just move. Let me just, you know, make a decision without really being informed. So I think it's super important for us to be informed and to, if we don't know, to inquire and to, you know, seek the professional assistance and help that we need, you know, to, to make some decisions especially like really life-changing decisions for sure. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's really important to be self-aware 
It's one of the things I've been striving to do over the, the last 12 months. So before we get out of here, I really want to know, like, you know, you may, you know, you've really um, met your financial goals. You're definitely, I'm, I'm already speaking into existence. You're going to continue to do that. But like, what are those things, what are, what is some, something about yourself that you can be really um, honest and transparent about that, you know, has kind of kept you from reaching really your highest level of success? Yeah. Um, time management. That mm. is really it. Um, when I had someone breathing down my neck, when my alarm went off at five, I was up. My right. feet were running out the door. Now, uh, I'll get up some days just when I feel like it, and that's not how it works. <laughs> you're, you're not always going to feel like getting up and doing the work that needs to get done. And there have been months where I've looked at my numbers or whatever I was doing. I said, you know, I could have done more. I could have done better. And just making sure I always stick to my my to-do list stick to my calendar because I'll work in things like going to the gym Mm -hmm. and that's important you got to take care of yourself but if I'm feeling lazy I might skip the gym and sleep another hour Um, so definitely time management and just making sure I get everything done when I say I'm gonna get it done okay that's I I know that uh, I think a lot of us struggle with time management I know that I do and I like you, I know that I could definitely be more productive <laughs> if I wasn't, <laughs> if I didn't procrastinate, um, you know, and prioritize a lot better. So I think that's really important. And the fact that you acknowledge it, at least you know what you need to work on. You know what's really kind of, um, you know, getting in your own way. So that's really important um, in really making those changes. But so tell us where we can find you on social media. Um, so that we can seek you for some professional assistance. Yeah. Uh, so on Instagram, it's at DMV underscore lawyer. On Facebook, Jessica Ornsby. Um, not on Twitter or anything, but those two ways are really good ways to get in touch with me. And your website? My website is aolawgroup.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all the nuggets you share with us, the tips the advice and really just being super vulnerable and honest with us. We need that. Um, So this has been an amazing night on the cup of grind podcast. I appreciate you, my sister and let's talk soon. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. Are you done playing games and ready to get out of your own way? Good. Go to jadadavis.com today to join my village, download your free startup checklist, And schedule time to speak with me during a free strategy call or think tank. That's J-A-D-A-D-A-V-I-S dot com. And as always, shut up, keep grinding.